0: greet you all in that wonderful name of Jesus. It's so good to, to be here tonight, and I was just thinking of my friend, Chief George Cody, when I come and listen to him here, and there's so many people come out to hear him, and he said he didn't know he was so popular, he should have ran for mayor, he said. <laughs> 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 we are so blessed to be here, and I thank God tonight, you know, uh, God is good, anyway, I have my wife here tonight, her name is Carol, Carol just raise your hand, hi, hey man, yeah, she's good, and so, uh, I have a lot of friends here tonight, so I was, anyway, I I think, you know, it's good you're all here, but, uh, I have a friend here, too, an old friend, Mr. Oystrick, Mr. Emmanuel Oystrick. You want to raise your hand, Emmanuel. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? Yeah. I think, uh, I think he's one of those good Catholics that we talk about. Um, no? no? Oh, okay, no, he says. That's oh, all right. But anyhow, you know, uh, God has changed my life. I was, born, I was born in a little town called Kamsak, Saskatchewan. And uh, I was raised on the key uh, First Nation. And, uh, you know, I wasn't raised by a, by a mother or a father, but I was raised by my grandmother. You know, and I thank God for grandmothers today. You know, I could have been adopted out. I could have been, you know, shipped somewhere across the country. But I thank God my grandmother... She took me in and, and she raised me, and I had a really good uh, a really good grandmother. Her name was Bertha OSoup, and she was really well respected in her in our community, you know in a little town called Norquay there and she did a lot of work uh, you know cleaning people 's houses and doing her gardening and she was just a really hard working woman and and she was a really godly person you know i didn't know it then but i i know it now you know and i never ever uh heard her once in my life ever to uh to say a curse word and i never ever seen her once ever to even uh smoke a cigarette you know or even to have a, a drink of alcohol not, not once in my life that I ever see her do those things and she never did you know and uh and uh she was always praying i remember uh, i'd wake up sometime early in the morning and i'd hear her praying you know and, and before i went to bed at night i'd hear her praying you know and uh and she had a little bible there you know and all worn out and uh you know i have that little bible today i have it uh, keeping a little plastic uh the little baggie you know that that thing you know but anyway, uh, she raised me and uh, and uh, and we used to have these uh, Swedish farmers from Norway. their names were Delwyn and Lloyd Anderson, and they rented the land around my grandmother's uh, house on the reserve there and uh, And they used to take me for rides on their combines and on their tractors, you know and uh and they used to give me a really nice uh, white man lunch, I called it, you know. And uh, you know, when you grow up eating rabbits and uh, you know ducks and moose and deer and all that good stuff, it was a little different lunch they had. And but it it was really good. I really liked it, and uh, and uh, and so and, and they were really good to me. They were really kind to me, you know. And I didn't know, but they were Christians. They were they were born again Christians. I didn't know anything about born-again Christians, but that's what they were, they are born-again Christians. And, uh, and one day, Dalvin, he, uh, he came to my grandmother's door, and uh, he asked my grandmother, uh, could I take Alan to Sunday school? And uh, he said, I'll pick him up every Sunday, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring him home. And, and so right there, you know, I, I got sentenced to 10 years, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know uh, to Sunday school. And whether I want to go or not, and uh, and so uh, so there I went off to Sunday school, and, and I remember that first Sunday when he brought me home, and you know and he 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 took me to the door there, and he had a I had a little what you call a lesson plan. It was a Bible story, you know, and uh, uh, you know, and, and, and at the bottom of that Bible story, you know, they they, they had a, a scripture verse there, and it was called a memory verse. And, uh, and Delvin, he asked my grandmother, he said, Can you make sure Ellen memorizes scripture for next Sunday? Well, if you know my grandmother, I don't wait till next Saturday night to, to memorize it. I've got to know it that night. <laughs> and and, and I, I don't just stumble through it, I have to know it clear, word for word for word, exactly. You know, so I'm telling you, in 10 years, I memorized hundreds and hundreds of Bible scriptures. You know, of which I'm so thankful for today because, you know, even in the ministry, you know, and, you know, we still face a lot of opposition and we still go through a lot of difficulties in life trying to get the word of God ministered, like, you know, and, uh, but, you know, I thank God sometimes in my most difficult times, the word of God will come to my remembrance, you know, and God will, will give me the victory, You know, caused me to overcome because of the word of God that was put in my heart when I was just a young boy. You know, I encourage at night sentence all your kids to Sunday school. (laughs) You know what I mean? And you know, and uh, but anyway, there I was and growing up there. And you know, when you're when you grow up on a on a reservation, you know, way back then, you know, we saw a lot of violence and uh, a lot of alcoholism and you know, and a lot of uh, our people were murdered. Before their time, and it, it 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 was really a really wicked place to grow up. I didn't know it was that wicked, but because I was, I was. It was my lifestyle, like you know. I, was, I didn't even know we we're poor, <laughs> because you know that's just part of my life, you know. But the thing is that the thing is, you know, and you see all that stuff, and 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 then they, you know, they would because uh, I wasn't raised by parents, you know. They they, they used to kind of make fun of me some of the guys and they'd call me you know like they'd say you're just an ugly little bastard they say you're just ugly they would tell me you know and and and, you know I I I I literally thought I was ugly really you know I grew up thinking I was just ugly And, and you know because words are powerful the Bible says life and death is in the power of your tongue you know you can make someone feel really good by your words or you can make someone feel really terrible and down, discouraged by your words. You know, and so words are powerful. So really think before you you speak. You know, and uh, and, and so they call me ugly. And I grew up thinking I'm ugly. And I never knew I was good looking until two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's how, that's how powerful <laughs> words are. And, but you know, I, I want to tell you. They all—they also called me dumb, and they called me stupid, and they said it—you'll never amount to anything in life, you know. And so I grew up feeling really dumb and really stupid, and I—I uh, I, I felt so inferior, and, and I didn't want to talk in front of people because you know I just thought I had nothing to say, and uh, you know, and I didn't really—I didn't really get set free from that until I got born again of the Spirit of God and begin to learn the, the Word of God and begin to learn the scriptures of who I really am in Christ, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, you know, and and, and through the Word of God, I'm putting on the mind of Christ now and, you know, and uh, I'm learning to speak the Word of God and, you know, and, uh, you know, and so I'm no longer dumb and stupid anymore. <laughs> Really, literally, because I've been changed by the Word of God, you know. And uh, so there I was, and growing up, and going to Sunday school, and you know. And uh, but I remember when I was I was 15 years old, and I went in this little restaurant in Norway, and one of my uncles, he he was he was drinking a bottle of wine, in a in a in and he had it in a brown paper bag, you know. He he was an alcoholic. His name was Glenn O'Soup. And uh, he's in heaven now. He got born again. And he's drinking his wine. And he said, Alan, if you drink a glass of wine, I'll give you 25 cents. I knew it was wrong, but I wanted that 25 cents. I did, you know, and... uh, and uh, so, I, you know, I drank it. And then he, he said, if you drink one more, I'll give you 50 cents. So, so I did. And then he pulled out a dollar bill. He said, drink two more, I'll give you a dollar. So I drank four glasses of wine for a dollar bill. And uh, I didn't like the taste of that wine. You know, I, I didn't like how it tasted. But I liked that feeling it gave me on the inside. You know, and, the, uh, on, and it just made me feel... Like as another man. Made me feel like I could handle anything. And, you know, it just changed me. You know, and, and alcohol got a hold of my life. And that's all I wanted to do was just a drink. I just, that's all I wanted. I just wanted to drink. It just got a hold of me like that. You know, and, uh, but you know, I, I had enough sense, you know, I guess, or I don't know what you'd call it, but I, I didn't want to bring my grandmother shame, you know, in, in our little town there and in our community, and, you know, because I was drinking. And, and not only that, but sometimes I'd run into one of my old Sunday school teachers, and I'd feel so I knew I was doing wrong. And so I left the reserve and I, I went into different cities in Regina and Edmonton and Calgary, Vancouver you know, in different places down into the United States and, you know, just drinking and, and drinking and, you know, and, and almost uh, died uh, on, in se- on several different occasions because when you live a life of, of booze and, and drinking and, and partying, it, it, a lot, you, you run into a lot of violence. And I ran into a lot of violence. And I could I could have died different times. I remember just before I left home, I got run over right in between the Norway Hospital and the, and the Covenant Church right where I went to Sunday school there. You know and uh, actually I got run over by a truckload of drunken Indians. <laughs> you know and uh, I can say that because I'm an Indian. <laughs> you know and uh, but I nearly died you know they, they ran over me, and 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 the tire come across my whole body, and and it, I, I, you know, they left some tire marks on my chest, and and all I saw was dark blackness. I saw evil, and I know if I died, I would never make it to heaven. I know that, but God is a merciful God. And I know, I know that my grandmother, I know now, I didn't know then, but I know that she was praying for me. You know, and, uh, and, and so I encourage you tonight to keep praying for your children. Keep praying for your grandchildren. Keep praying for those that are still bound up in alcohol and drugs because prayer is powerful. Prayer can turn your community around. You know, and prayer can turn your family around. And that's what happened. Her prayers kept me alive. I still have a a hole in my side where my body came into contact with a sharp object. You can put your finger right in there. But God was merciful to me. You know, I lived in the hobo jungles down, I was sharing with Randy there, and down in those hobo jungles, and all kind of they're, they're not a pretty place, and all different nationalities, and and people died in those places, and but I thank God for my grandmother's prayers, and I thank God He's a merciful God, and you know what? So that's that's the way it was, and you know, and uh, and uh, but anyhow, uh, I got married, and I had two children, and and it didn't it didn't it didn't uh, anyway. My wife left me anyhow so. And, uh, and then in, uh, but in 1978, I think it was, uh, it was uh, about 39 years ago, I think I, I was in Regina, you know, and uh, it was between Christmas and, uh, and New Year's, and, uh, and uh, Carol, uh, uh, she invited me to come and listen to her, her brother uh, minister the word of God and uh, and uh, Carol wasn't my wife then, but she's my wife today. You know, we've been married now, I think, for thirty-some years. I just can't pin it exactly, but. <laughs> but anyway, we. You know, when we got married, we both had three children, and and then we adopted a little boy who was seven months old, and so we have seven children, and we have twenty-eight grandchildren, and we have eight great, eight great grandchildren you know and, uh, and and I know and I know and I know that all my house shall be born again I know and I know all my house shall be saved why because the word of God says if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ thou shalt be saved and thy house so I know not one is going to perish some of them might not they might not look saved they don't act saved But I'm telling you, they're going to get saved. You know, so in your house tonight, if there's someone that's not born again, someone that hasn't accepted Jesus, someone that's not saved, you just keep on serving Jesus. You just keep on following after God. Keep on living that good life. Keep on trusting God. Believe the Word of God because I guarantee you, God is not a man that he should lie. And when God says your children, all your house shall be saved, they shall be saved, Amen. We believe strong, strongly in household salvation. So don't stop praying for your children. You know, and uh, and so Carol, there, you know, she invited me, and uh, you know, we were, we were bad Indians, her and I, back then, <laughs> but now we're we're good Indians. Praise the Lord. You know, and uh, but anyway, there we were, and uh, and so I went down to this meeting, and uh, and uh, it was in a house in Regina, and it was down in the basement. And uh, and I remember t- I took my uncle, uh, Bill, uh, Osup down there, and uh, he was in a wheelchair, and uh, you know, he was in the wheelchair because of, of boozing, and like you know, and uh, and he was in that wheelchair, and I took him down there, and uh, we got into this in this meeting, something like we're having tonight, and uh, and uh, it was uh, right in the basement here, and it was, it was right full of people there, and uh, you know, and uh, there they were singing, and uh, you know, and uh, you know, they were just uh, really, really having a good time, and uh, you know, and uh, just reminds me, I'm going to take a little sidestep here. It's alright. You know, and uh, we were, Carol and I, after we got born again, we're preaching the word of God, and we We went to this reservation called the stony reservation just west of calgary there and there's stony Indians there and uh not wooden but stony amen <laughs> you know and uh and so we were invited to this house to minister and we were trying to find this house and we couldn't find it you know and it was already dark and finally we seen his house lights through the through the trees there and and we went there and uh and uh and and so there it was and uh and anyway, uh, uh, we stopped the car, and we could hear them singing. They were singing, and I thought, well, this is the place. They're having church, you know. And, uh, and so I, uh, I told Carol, just you wait here, and I'll go, I'll go double check, I said, to make sure at the right house. And I didn't know, I didn't know they were having a party, you know. And, uh, you know, they were singing there, and, uh, and I, I was going around the corner of the house. I was just going up the steps, and... And there, uh, all of a sudden, this, I met this big stony Indian, and, and he was drunk, and he was mad, and he was looking for a fight. And he said, he had his fists all ready to go, and he said, my name is Bad News. <laughs> he said, what's your name? I said, my name is Good News. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. You know, and he, he listened to me. He, he took him, it took him back, you know, and... He let me preach to him, and I, I preached to him about Jesus and the good news, the gospel. And after I finished preaching, he told me where they were having church. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but anyway, getting back to my story here now, you know, Sarah so was, and went down this meeting, and like I said, they were singing, and they were praising the Lord, and they, they, I mean, they were really, they were really having a really good time, And you know, but it, for me, it was really strange because I was never in that kind of a meeting before where people raised their hands and, you know, and they were shouting and they, they were, some were literally falling down on the floor and some were running around that little meeting room and, uh, you know, and I thought this is a cult. You know, I thought this was the ones my grandmother warned me to stay away from. You know, and uh, I told my uncle Bill, I said, uh, I'm going to get out of here. He said, don't leave me, he said, you know, and, you know, and... Uh, but, you know, I, I, I didn't know then, but I know tonight that, that I had a divine appointment with God. I knew that God set me up. I knew that God meant for me to be at that meeting that night. I knew that God wanted to speak into my life, just like tonight. There's some of you here, you know, you just come because he said, oh, there's an Indian, huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay. But anyway, anyway, I'm telling you something. I know God brought you here for a reason. I know you're here for a purpose. I know God wants to speak into your life. And if you really open your heart, and if you really let God speak to you, God will speak to you. You know, because not only Indians were drunks, not only Indians were drug users, not only Indians, you know, did all kind of bad stuff, The only thing, you know, I found out growing up Indians used to drink right in the main street and it hollered everybody. (laughs) Huh? And the white man would drink behind the curtains, huh? (laughs) But we were all drunks, you know what I'm saying? Amen. We were all sinners. Literally. You know, and, uh, and, uh, but anyway, you know, uh, God wants to speak to your life tonight. Because God has a plan for your life. It's a good plan. You know, Jesus, the Bible says that, I'm trying not to preach now, brother, but the Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief come to steal, to kill, to destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and to give us life more abundantly. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he said. No man come to the Father, only through me. So I thank God for Jesus. And he said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm the Lord our God, I change not. I'm here to tell you tonight, the only way to make it to heaven is through Jesus. Not through the government. Not through religion. Only through Jesus. That's only how you can make heaven your home. I mean, you can be the best Anglican you want to be. You'll never make heaven your home unless you accept Jesus. The best Catholic you can be. You'll never make heaven your home, only through Jesus. We need Jesus. God loves the Catholics, don't get me wrong. God loves the Anglicans. I grew up in the Anglican church too. I taught Catholics my enemy. I didn't know that God loved every one of us. I didn't know that God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son, Jesus. Whoever believed in Jesus would not perish, but have everlasting life. There's only two kind in this world. There's only good or bad. There's only light and darkness. There's only the saved and the unsaved. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. You know, that night, that night, you know, this this Walter, uh, Carol's brother, his name was Walter. Walter Stevenson, that was his name. He was the preacher that night. And it just so happened I knew Walter. Before he became a Christian, in fact, the last time my psalm. we were drinking together, a few years before that, in the, in the Regina Hotel, and we were having a one of those uh, fights, you know, in the hotel. But anyway, we're on the same side, <laughs> you know, and uh, and there we were now, and all of a sudden, I go in this place, and he's preaching, and he's singing there, and he and he's sharing, and you know, and and I'm. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get his attention. I'm trying to look at him, you know, and say, Walter, you know, who are you trying to fool? Uh, I know who you are. You know what I'm saying? And But every time I'd look at him, I, I, I just felt something. I felt the love of God. I just, I felt so much love come from this man. I just, I just felt love. And that's what he preached about that night. He preached about the love of God, how God loved every one of us, that if we'd accept Jesus Christ into our heart, we would not perish, but we'd have everlasting life. I'm telling you, friends, when he finished preaching, I knew my life wasn't right with God. I knew if I died that night, I would not make heaven my home. I knew my life wasn't right. And so that night I went down to the front of that altar there, And that night I asked Jesus to come into my heart. I asked Jesus to forgive me for my sins. I asked Jesus to wash me with his precious blood. You know, and that night, for the first time in my life, I knew that I was clean. I knew I I was born again of the Spirit of God. I knew that night my life was right with God. I knew it right there. And I knew if I should die, I'd make heaven my home. I just knew it right there. You know, and, uh, and, and that night, for the first time in my life, I knew I was clean. You know, before, after days and days of drinking and boozing and partying and everything else that goes along with it, and when you're all, when you're finished and you, and, and you try to wash and you try to scrub yourself and you try to shower, you get clean on the inside, on the outside. But on the inside, you're still unclean. On the inside, I still felt unclean. I still felt, you know, dirty on the inside. You know, and I, I just, I couldn't ever cleanse myself. You know, but, but that night, for the first time, I knew I was clean because of the precious blood of Jesus. What can wash away your sin? Nothing but the blood. It's only the blood of Jesus that can wash away your sin. I remember 1968 being in in Seattle, Washington in the Millionaire's Club, but there are no millionaires there. It was a place where all the rubbish went, and the winos and the guys on Skid Row. That's where you went, uh, you know, to get a meal after drinking for days. And you know, and uh, and, and they would sing those songs, um, you know, "Are you washed in the blood?" Because before they fed you, they made you sit in church for about half an hour. You know what I'm telling you? If you're hungry enough, you sat in church, and that's where I sat there. And they would sing those songs, "Are you washed in the blood?" You know, there is power in the blood. You know, and after, the, after they fed us and everything else, uh, me and my friend, uh, you know, uh, his name was Lambert Kishane. Uh, he, he's, he passed on now too. And uh, But we were down there together. You know, we'd walk down the street and, and we'd look at one another and we'd mockingly sing that song, Are You Washed in the Blood? And we'd look at one another and point at one another and mockingly sing, Are You Washed in the Blood? Not knowing one day the same blood that I mocked would wash away all my sin God is a merciful God God is a merciful God and that night I got born again and I knew and I knew and I knew that God called me to preach nobody had to tell me you know now you're going you're to preach and, you know, but I knew that God called me to share his word I knew he called me to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and I didn't know how to go about it I didn't know what to do Uh, So what I did, I went back to my home reservation and I went to every house. I knocked on every door. I told everyone that would listen to me. I said, you must be born again. I said, you have to get saved. You need Jesus Christ in your heart. You know, and some of them made fun of me, and they called it Alan's religion, and they called me the priest, and some of them called me the pope, you know, and they made all kind of fun of me. But today, many of those people that made fun of me, they're born again now of the spirit of the living God. Some of them are gone home to be in heaven now. Why? Because... Because I was not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I want to tell you never be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because it's the power of God unto salvation in Jesus' name. You know, as so I told him about Jesus, and you know, and then in 1984. Uh, Carol and myself, uh, we got married and, uh, you know, and uh, and then we, we moved into Saskatoon and that's another little story I want to share. I never shared it before until tonight because I see Mr. Oystrick sitting back there and he worked for the Indian Affairs at that time and he, he worked, I think it was an education at that time, I'm not quite sure but anyway when i went and we were in uh, we were in prince albert saskatchewan we were going to go down to minister in a place called browning montana and going through saskatoon we stopped in Saskatoon we, we went to this house meeting there and uh, and one of the brother he said he said there's a Bible college just up the street and he said oh you should go to that Bible college oh yeah it's really good to go to Bible college and 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 when he was talking to me it really came back to my remembrance I remember when I was just a kid how much I wanted to learn about the Bible and uh, you know I wanted to you know to to be a to be a minister I thought you know and uh, I remember even putting up a little apple box along the house and kind of practicing on my cousins there like you know and uh, even before I knew anything really you know that night uh, I thought hey I could go to Bible college and uh, you know and, uh, and so the next day I went uh, he said you can just go there he said they won't kick you out he said they'll be glad to have you because I told him he can't just walk into a college and just say I'm going to take class <laughs> You know, he said, No, you do go. He said, they will like it. And so I did. I went there and uh, he introduced me to a man named Pastor Pierce. He was at director at Bible College and he was so glad to have me there. And I, I went to, that, to those one, one uh, session there in the mornings. And, and then uh, after that, I, we had to go down to Browning and preach. And, uh, but I wanted to go to Bible College, but I didn't have the money, you know, to go to Bible College. And so I thought, I'm going to phone Indian Affairs. I'm an Indian, right? Hallelujah. So I phone Indian Affairs, and I talked to Mr. Oysterick. And Mr. Oysterick, he tells me, he said, you know, he said, really, we don't fund those kind of uh, colleges, like, uh, uh, because they're on a credit or something to that effect anyway. And, and I said, well, I'm going to send in my uh, uh, application he said well you can you know I'm not going to stop you you can send it in he said uh, you know and uh, uh, you know, we'll look at it but I know we don't fund that kind of a school at, at, at that time anyway so so I sent it in and uh, and then I went on to Browning and we preached that weekend and I think it was on a Friday I said I'm not sure but anyway Monday I got back into Canada and I phoned uh, Mr. Oysterick and you know what he told me Alan he said it's the strangest thing he said uh, here laying on my desk is your application vacation and it's marked uh it's okay amen so you're, you're you're your sponsor you know to go to bible college you know and uh, and sometimes i run into mr Oystrick there in the in the mcdonald's or all the old guys like going there you know to mcdonald's and uh and that's where i run into him sometime and i i thank him every now and then you know for sponsoring me to go to bible college so he had, a, he had a part to play in my salvation and our ministry as well. And which I thank God for that today. You know, and. Uh and so there we went there, and uh, you know, going to Bible school, and uh, and then we started traveling in the uh, in the ministry, and uh, you know, and uh, but my leg uh, used to bother me a lot, you know, I, uh, when they ran over me there. I said, you know, and uh, my leg used to give out on me. And one night I'm in a meeting, something like this, in Regina, and I'm way in the back of the room, you know, and, uh, and and sitting way in the far end, right up against the wall, you know, and that's where the Indian used to like to sit that time, way in the back, you know, and that's. Where where I was a, a man of God was preaching you know and and, and he said uh, he said there's someone at the back of the room he said if you will raise your hands toward heaven he said God will heal your left leg well I tell you no one in that room knew what was wrong with my leg no one only God and myself knew what was wrong with my leg no one else knew but God knew you know and I it just made me realize There might be somebody here tonight. You might be facing something. You might be going through through something in life. You might be having a struggle in your marriage. You might be having a struggle with your children. You might be going through financial difficulty. You know, and I want to tell you that you think no one knows. You think nobody cares. But I want to tell you God knows what you're going through. And God knows how to heal you. God knows how to bring your loved ones in. God is able. Amen. Amen. And that night, you know, in response to the man of God, I raised my hands toward heaven, just in obedience to the man of God. I raised my hands up toward heaven. And, you know, that night, I felt a warm liquid run on top of my head, down my left side, and God put my leg into place. I heard a little click and I'm telling you, I'm still healed today. You know, when God does a job, he does a good job. Amen. He healed me. And I'm still healed tonight in my leg, in Jesus' name. I've run into some health issues since then, and, but God has always been there with me, seen, seen what I was going through, brought me through. Amen. God said, I'll deliver you, I have delivered you, I deliver you, I'll yet deliver you. Hallelujah. That's the kind of God we serve tonight. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. You know, and uh, so I was totally healed. You know, and, and then over the years traveling and, and preaching, you know, and, uh, you know, we had a, a tent ministry, I think, for about 17 years, as so all we did was travel all across the country. And different places and uh, ministering the word of God and we saw hundreds and hundreds of people get born again, get healed from different diseases, uh, you know, in their bodies and get set free from demonic spirits of of alcoholism and drug users and witchcraft. Uh, We've seen people get set free because of the word of God that God, you know Psalm 107 verse 20, I was going to share that scripture tonight uh, before I start ministering. God sent his word and he healed them and he delivered them from all their destruction. It's the word of God that changes people. It's the word of God that delivers people. Today, Carol and I, we have a good life, like I said, for 17 years. We travel full-time. the traveling ministry, ministering in different places. And You know, and I thank God tonight for Full Gospel Businessman Fellowship. Uh, when I got introduced to this fellowship, I think way back in about 1986, uh, you know, and, uh, and God used this organization to open many doors for us in the ministry. We've gone to several different countries now. Preaching the Word of God and sharing our testimony all over North America. God has blessed us so much. But way back in 2000, God gave us a vision to go back to my reservation and to start a church on a reservation. God gave my wife a vision to have a Christian school, you know. And so that's what we did uh, 17 years ago. We moved back to my reservation, the Key First Nation. Our chief is here tonight. Rodney, you want to stand up, please? This is Rodney Brass, and he's our, he's our chief uh, of the Key First Nation, and he's a born-again, spirit-filled Christian, strong in the Lord. And that's what our people need today. We need strong Christian leaders on our reservations I thank God for Chief George Cody George you want to stand up please just so to see here you are and (laughs) praise the Lord glory to Jesus and and that's what's changing our reservations it's the word of God that's changing our people it's the word of God that's setting our people free it's the word of God that's making us free from alcoholism and, and from drugs and from witchcraft and from poverty and everything else it's the word of God that's setting our people free. You know, today we have a we have a Christian school now. It's it's recognized by the government, and my wife is a uh, she has her degree in education, and uh, so we're able to have this school. And uh, right now, I think we have sixteen students. It fluctuates year to year, like you know. And uh, and but but I'm telling you, those little children are taught the word of God. It's a place of refuge for them. It's a safe place for them. Every morning, we give them a hot. Breakfast breakfast. Uh, every every second day, we give them a, a hot meal. Uh, you know, some of our congregation uh, the, in, in the fall, they kill us a deer, or moose, and an elk, and we get them cut up, and we have wild meat all winter. Amen. Just stuff it in those kids. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, those kids are getting strong physically. They're getting strong spiritually in the name of Jesus. Uh, the Bible says, great are the peace of your children when they're taught of the Lord. Uh, and when those kids are taught the word of God that the peace of God comes into their lives uh, we have an adult Bible college uh, uh, right in our church uh, we have it for four nights a week uh, the first three nights Monday Tuesday Wednesday we have three hours of Bible teaching and the and the fourth night Thursday night uh, we have an outreach house meeting on the reservation where our students take turns preaching the word of God I tell them practice on the Indians huh? <laughs> amen <laughs> come on now <laughs> hallelujah I'm I'm telling you, we have raised up, raising, we're raising up preachers, raising up, you know, we had, we had these three people when we went back to reservation, uh, Roxanne uh, Brass, and, uh, and, uh, I think her daughter's here, now Roxanne's daughter here somewhere, she took the baby out, while her mom is here, you want to stand up, Muriel, this is Muriel uh, Brasso, and her mom, her, her daughter was Roxanne Brass, and we have, uh, we have. Uh, there was Roxanne, and there was uh, uh, Sid Kishane, and there was uh, uh, Jamie uh, Digerley. You know, at one time they brought the most drugs, the most booze uh, onto our reservation. They did, literally. Uh, but today, they're all born again, spirit-filled, uh, ministering the word of God. Can somebody say amen? Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, and uh, Pastor Jamie, you want to stand up? This is Pastor Jamie digitally. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm telling you, God changed his life. I'm telling you, you know, I'm telling you, that's what God will do for anybody. If God could do it for us, uh, he can do it for you. He can do it for your, for your kid that's still out there bound up in alcohol and drugs. Jesus can set them free. And so today, our our whole reservation is being changed by the word of the living God. And so, but not only did Jesus save me, not only did Jesus uh, heal me, but Jesus filled me with the Holy Spirit, uh, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, and uh, Jesus' my name. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that uh, I didn't know there was such a thing as speaking in tongues. Uh, I never knew that, you know, and uh, but when I got born again, they told me, now you got to get filled with the Holy Ghost and, uh, you know, and they were talking in tongues and everything else and I wanted to get filled too and I wanted to talk in tongues too, but I, did, I just couldn't, like, you know what I'm saying? And uh, no matter how I tried, I couldn't talk in tongues and and they told me all different kind of stuff. You had to do this and do that and I did everything needed. Never got filled, you know what I'm saying? And uh, and uh, they kept after me though; they wouldn't leave me alone. Uh, every meeting, they'd say, "Alan, did you get the Holy Ghost?" You know, and they just they just keep after me. You know, finally, I just got tired and I lied. Yeah. <laughs> they said, "Are you Walter?" Come to me, and Walter said, "Alan, you get the Holy Ghost yet?" I said, "Yes." I said, "Yes, yes, yes." I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, "Let me hear you talk in tongues." And I couldn't. I couldn't talk in tongues. He said, Alan, I'm sorry to tell you, but you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, really. Because when you speak in tongues, it's evidence that you're filled with the Holy Ghost. And that's in the Bible. Amen. You know, and so finally one day, I guess everyone here must know Russell Richardson. You know, I I mean, what a man of God. What a what a what a what a testimony of perseverance. What a testimony of faithfulness. Serving Jesus. Serving Jesus. You know, and he used to set up his tent right, right here on, on the grounds here. And one, one summer I come to his tent meeting. And I was standing beside this big German preacher called Carl Kinley. Anybody remember Carl Keenly? Huh? Big old German tall preacher. And uh, there he was in his tent. He had his hands raised and he was talking in tongues. Shando mosela da mohoshonde. Neando kisilo de mohoshonde. Talking in tongues. And I said to myself, I can talk like that too. <laughs> Amen. And I just took off talking in tongues. Just like Carl Keenley, that German preacher. Thank God for Germans. Amen.
1: (laughs) Hallelujah.
0: (laughs) Glory to God. God filled with the Holy Ghost. The evidence of speaking in tongues. And I still speak in tongues today. In Jesus' name. The Apostle Paul said I speak in tongues more than you all. We all need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus mighty name. So God changed my life. Jesus changed my life. Amen. And he's still changing me today. I thank God for our brother's testimony here. He's still delivering him. And he's still delivering me. He's still changing us. You know the Bible says we're changed from glory to glory. Hallelujah. And will not be perfect until him that is perfect is come. That's Jesus. And Jesus is coming. And he's coming soon. Just look what's happening all over the land. Jesus is coming. Amen. So Randy King, thank you for letting me speak tonight. And so I just bless you all in the name of Jesus. But I'm going to open this altar tonight. You know, if anyone here, if you have never accepted Jesus... You know, you might be very religious. You might go to church all the time, but you've never really prayed. You never really prayed and said, Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. You know, because the Bible says we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. A lot of time, a person thinks because I don't drink, I'm not on drugs, I'm not a sinner. If you haven't accepted Jesus, you're a sinner. And you need Jesus. You need Jesus. You need him. You need all you need to do. You know the Bible says if you believe in your heart, in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Son of God, you shall be saved. Amen. And that's not asking too a heart of a thing. Just to come here and say, pray with me and I'll pray with you. Say, Jesus come into my heart. Or maybe you might have a sickness or a disease or an infirmity. Tonight you could be healed. Just like I was healed many years ago when I walked into that meeting with a leg that really bothered me and I walked out, my leg totally healed in Jesus' name. You can walk out of here healed tonight. Maybe, maybe you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to talk in other tongues Tonight you can come. We'll lay hands on you. You can get filled with the Holy Spirit and pray in other tongues. In Jesus' name. Amen.